back to Exotic Liability, where we're drinking cocktails and you're doing the listening. <laughs> I'm here with Ryan and uh, DJ Jackalope, and uh, we're here to talk about some new and fun things in security. Hi, this is Ryan. Hey, this is Jackalope. All right, now that we have all the formalities out of the way, uh, let's get to some of the topics that are going on. Um, one of the first things that, that I really want to talk about today is how epically, epically, epically screwed up compliance is. Um, I think it's really funny. We talked about it on the last podcast a little bit about PCI and terrorism. Uh, I think that that is just silly. Uh, Ryan, I know you and I have been trying to get Hezbollah up on the rankings for quite a while, but now that people are actually carting things uh, to fund terrorism, I think is just that's just awesome. That just shows the raw power of how awesome compliance is, don't you think? Well, I do, and and uh, you know it's going to help that a lot. What's that? The the Federal uh, Cybersecurity Act of two thousand and nine. Oh God, don't! I, I, <laughs> why is that going to help, Ryan? <laughs> Well, because then the president just has the power to shut the whole internet down. <laughs> you so when the, when the terrorists are starting to like you know go go at it with the carding and, and ordering like you know all their shit off of eBay, right? Then then the president can fix all of it. Yeah, you shut down by, the internet. Shutting down the internet. That's cute. Uh, it, it, what else is in that? I mean, have you read through a lot of it? Um, fair a little bit. The Secretary of Commerce shall have access to all relevant data concerning critical infrastructure networks without regard. To any provision of law, regulation, rule, or pro- policy restricting such access. Yeah. So, so those of you out there who are planning on protecting your data, uh, just don't put it out there. Yeah. Uh, because if it's out there, fair game. Yeah. Secretary of Commerce will come around and go, "Hey, I <clears> want <throat> that." Well, and, but that's our corporate corporate secrets. And sorry, our, it's the law. I have, I have a patent. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's lovely. You gotta you gotta love how they take over freedom. Um, speaking of taking over freedom, uh, did you see the post of? Uh, who's going to get appointed as a cyber jar or cyber czar? Jar? The uh, whatever. <laughs> director, what d- director of NSA guy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what's his name? Keith something. Keith, yeah, he's speaking at RSA. Isn't he? Is that the guy speaking at RSA? <laughs> That's that right. He is. He's speaking at RSA. So, if anybody wants to go heckle him, uh, he's one of the NSA guys who's taking over the cyber czar position. He is uh, Lieutenant General Keith B. Alexander. Oh, there yeah, he is. Lieutenant General. Bet you're really good the at cyber protecting czar. cyber stuff. He's done yeah. a bang-up job so Anybody far. else have a problem with the military protecting cyberspace? I mean, they can't protect themselves. Uh, you, you think it's a good job for them to lead the charge? Well, I mean, you know, they only do some small problems, like uh, like that, that MP3 player that the guy in New Zealand oh, bought. Oh, my God, that's right. That's right. The guy in New Zealand bought an MP3 player for $18. And uh, found that it contained lists of soldiers based in Afghanistan. Those who fought in Iraq and cell phone numbers for soldiers based there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> now, let's keep in mind that this happened in January of this year. And most of the files were dated in 2005. Right. And actually, the, the article I found on it was like, um, well, you know, obviously, this data must have gotten on this iPod or whatever the hell it was, MP3 player. Um, before the 2008 November ban of, of course. on having these kinds of USB devices right. in Department of Defense facilities. Right. Cause before that ban that we started where we said you're not supposed to give away sensitive data. But before then, it was totally cool. It's, you know, that's all right. Well, it's just their names and cell phone numbers. That's not sensitive. Oh. Yeah, that's no big deal, right? You could just look that up anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you could Google for it, right? They probably have the, – <laughs> the soldiers in question probably have Twitters going where they're like, hey – 
going like, to Fallujah. Check this out. Yeah. Oh, that's the same. That's like what you were talking about about twitting your way out of a job. There was yeah. uh, there was a big problem in the military about that, about people actually posting to MySpace like where they were running operational, and taking pictures of signs. And yeah, shit. and taking pictures, and then they're wondering why they were getting bombed. It's like uh, intel. Anyone? Well, Does, and, and when the when the initial Iraq invasion was occurring, there were news guys. Like going That's right. on yeah. Twitter and all the other like social. We're going, going south at forty miles an hour we into be, a secret zone. We should be at this location. And here's the GPS coordinates <laughs> in about twenty five minutes. Please yeah. don't. Please don't do anything. People don't necessarily understand functional security. Speaking of well, functional security, don't know how to use the internet, so they would never no use things no. like Twitter. But no, I'm actually Osama bin Laden's friend on Twitter. Um, you follow him too? Yeah, he posts really cool stuff like. Hey, how to make napalm with gasoline or juice and broken glass. And, you know, that's functional things when you're stranded in the middle of the city. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you were talking about it earlier. Uh, how about the, the iPod that the Queen got from Obama? Oh, the one that, yeah, when he went and bowed to her. And- yeah. Good old Obams. Instead of flowers or traditional gifts, I'm going to give you something wicked cool like an yeah. iPod. And it had like, I think it had, they said it had like 40 show tunes. And exotic it. liability. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the podcast, I'm sure our podcast was absolutely on there. First thing that comes on, big Komodo dragon, www.exoticliability.com. Damn. The second thing that starts up when she plugs it in her computer is Podslurp. It's Podslurp. <laughs> and then it goes to our Gmail account and we just post it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it, you know, it even greps out words like MI5, MI6. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's going to be interesting. Let's throw that on the Twitter. <laughs> what are the kind of songs they listen to in Scott Linyard? <laughs> hey, speaking of, we do have a Twitter at Exotic Liability, so you could find us there. Yeah, we're, we're going to do a good job of just selling out, putting stuff absolutely everywhere. So then this way we can hit everybody on their media stream. And if not, and somebody messes up, we will definitely put it in their inbox as well. Oh, so what else is going on in the world? You know, one of the, one of the things that I, I really would like to do is is call in Delchi because uh, he has been working now in a couple different organizations from being on the side of attack defense. So you know who I think should be the cybers are? Windows Snyder. I think she would do a hell of a good job, and she'd probably be able to talk shit enough to get people to listen, but yeah. but she just hasn't She'd piss held. off the entire hill, though. Oh, that'd be awesome, but that's exactly what we need, is somebody who actually knows what the hell they're talking about. Um, well, speaking of that, uh, <laughs> and someone who knows what the hell they're talking about, Delchi's been working on some of this stuff for a long time and be doing, uh, you know, working at a tax research. He's a member of CDC, NSF, 303, acronyms. He's part of NAMBLA. Um, you know, it's Denver it, Swim Club. Denver Swim Club, uh, you know, and, and various other organizations. Uh, I'm going to try and get him on the phone to talk a little bit about uh, an email that he wrote me called The Top 10 Things in Security That People Are Doing Wrong and Why It's Going to Bite Him in the Ass. Uh, I definitely agree. His, his 10 are th- some of the 10 that most people do not pay attention to. So let's see if we can get him on the line. <laughs> Skype noise. I still love Skype noise. Beep, 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 beep. I'm going to have to giggle every time I hear Skype dial out. It's just going to happen. Giggledial.com. Hello? Sorry, we were getting drunk. Hello? Hey. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up? Who's this? This is Chris and Liz and Jackalope. Oh, hey. How you guys doing? Good. Uh, Sorry it took us so long to call. We were in the process of getting drinks and fried chicken. Hey, Dalcy. Well, you know, you have to have priorities, right? Well, dude, you know me. I, we went to the ghetto. I got some hot sauce, some fried chicken. 
I was drinking while I was waiting for you guys to call. I was going to call you from like you know the the, the bar I was in. Ah, well, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I got a mason jar full of whiskey. Hey, corn from a jar. <laughs> Better than from a cup. <laughs> One cup. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, we're we're gonna do this podcast thing. Um, so I was, really? yeah. So I've, been, I was, I've been hearing about it. <laughs> so I was telling, I was telling people uh, that we're gonna go over your your top ten email, which I absolutely love because it's dead on oh, right. Great. And and all the other people who put out their top ten are all like, be careful because everybody uses XSS to hack your website, and and your stuff is actually realistic. Um, so I wanted to see if you wouldn't mind going over some of those for the people that are listening. Uh, to reset some of their expectations into how we actually get into environments versus you know what what the cool new cloud whatever bullshit buzzword oh, is. Oh God! Please, <laughs> buzzword bingo is not a game I play. Uh, what? What? Uh, I thought we we're supposed to secure the cloud, man. I thought, I thought we were sponsored by Symantec. <laughs> how are you going to secure a cloud? I am cloud. You I know? can rain sodium like what bisulfate where we can like make it rain. <laughs> we can sing rap songs. Be like, I make it rain. Chocolate, chocolate rain. If you go in chocolate rain, it's going to be issues, dude. I am trying. Okay, you, you talk about your top ten. I'm going to go try and register chocolaterain.com. Oh, it's probably already done by now. I'm, I'm looking. So, um, all right. So let, let's go over some of this top ten, dude, because I found it really interesting. Okay. So, at ten, right? We had due diligence and physical security. Buzzword, right? Guy. What, what 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 does that mean to people who are listening? I mean, what what is that? Okay, well, what what that means is that due diligence and physical security means don't play security theater with your building. I was doing a walkthrough a couple weeks ago, and I saw this one building that they asked me to do an evaluation on, and they had this beautiful front desk reception area. They had a security guard sitting behind a terminal. They had the little gated stalls you had to walk through and present your ID to the machine to read it, or you could walk through. It looked really nice. But you know what happened when you took a good look at it? First of all, the security guard was on Facebook and not oh. paying attention to a damn thing that happened. Nice. Number two, there was no physical barrier through the cattleway to stop you from walking straight through. <laughs> I watched one person walk through. He, he flipped his card onto the reader, and then five people walked behind him, and the guard didn't even look up. Sexy. Now, that's the simple stuff. You want the, the funniest thing of all was this entire uh, this entire security area was about twenty feet long, but <laughs> the last one foot, two feet on either end was wide open. It had a waist high piece of glass with a railing and a potted plant. You could sit on the railing and like pull your legs over and bypass one hundred percent of the security. Ah. Uh. But but the guard would have stopped you, right? Because he would have managed oh, to look away from Facebook. The guard would have stopped looking at Facebook. Because he would. And uh, the, he was the other chicken. thing is when I when I walked in the front when I walked in the front door, uh, the, the, the one of the door alarms was going off and nobody was doing anything about it. <laughs> Don't mind the beeping <laughs> alarm; it's here to annoy you. Yeah, exactly. And also, if you if you look I mean, when you took a good look at some of the doorways and stuff, one of the biggest things is that the doorways were on hydraulic closers that were set so badly that I could get 14 paces away from the door before the door shut. <laughs> oh, wow. And they, they were looking at me kind of funny because I was, I was walking heel to toe, heel to toe, heel to toe. 
what are you doing? And I'm like, is it obvious? It's like, I'm counting how far I can get away from this door before it shuts. And they said, well, what's the point in that? <laughs> it's like, what? people will tailgate. People could, a person could walk up behind me, pull the door open, and get into this area, and I would never know it. Oh, God. And the answer was beautiful. Well, that's what we have cameras for. I'm oh. like, what the hell good is that going to do? Are they going to look up from their YouTube video to look at the camera to say, oh, my God, someone just tailgated him? <laughs> <laughs> and then the doors... The, the doors were on a proximity card reader. Now, you know, those of you who know me know about, you know, proximity readers. <laughs> but uh, the door jam had a quarter-inch gap opening in it. Oh, come I on. I didn't need a credit card. I hey, could airplane. use my finger <laughs> to reach in there and play with it. Well done. And then they're like, well, you, you, you know, it's got the magnetic catch at the top, so it won't open. I grabbed a hold of the door handle and yanked as hard as I could, and the door opened. You gotta love it when they have like the weak mag locks on it. You just pull the door open. Yeah. Congratulations, you win. <laughs> and, and then, and then every single one of the exit doors had uh, motion sensor releases. So I got to do my own <clears throat> coat hanger and eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. Open the door trick. Yep, we were just talking about that about the just stupid ways that you can get into like ninety percent of the yeah. businesses that we test with a gym membership card and a coat hanger. Oh. This is this is this is nothing compared to the number one problem I found. Okay. After you walk through the high tech security area, after you walk past the guard booth and everything else, you make a right hand turn and guess what's sitting there? Data the loading bay. Oh god. <laughs> the what? loading bay the loading bay had six individual signs, each one of them saying, This area is under surveillance, this area is your area, uh, do no access except granted by building security, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and they had a person do, doing a delivery of photocopier paper, yep. and they had taken a crate of photocopier paper and propped the door open. Oh, dude. <laughs> that... I walked out into the loading bay, walked into the truck that they were unloading the photocopier paper from grabbed a crate of photocopier paper and carried it back into the building. <laughs> and nobody said a word. And, and I sat it down in the food court. And nobody said a word. Of course not, because you're supposed to be carrying it. So, so after you... And Go ahead. After it was all over and done, we walked out, and the security guard gave me the nod and smile, nod and smile, not realizing that we kept all of our printed guest passes. Oh. Uh, did, did you add them to your friends list on Facebook? Uh, no, but what I did do is I took a very close look at the list, and it said, uh, number one, no cameras are allowed on premises without written permission. And it made me feel really guilty about the 35 pictures I took. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I can't even think and, and count the number of times that, that Ryan and I have walked into facilities because of propped open doors or people who yep. like they're trying to do their tricky smoke break so they like stuff paper yeah. in the door jam and it just the door just opens or they tape <clears throat> my, fav- my favorite story about that of all times is the one I did in the MetLife building <laughs> uh, I went to names out there bought some bought some Dickies pants and a Dickies shirt yep. and had a, a messenger bag and I went in as a messenger, and they gave me an access card that I could shove in the elevator and go to whatever floor I needed to go to. Nice. 
Nice. When I got to the floor that I was going to, I got out of the elevator, went in the bathroom, pulled a three-piece out of the messenger bag, put the three-piece suit on, stuffed the dicky stuff into the messenger bag, and threw it in the trash, and then tailgated into the secure area. <laughs> and I continued to use the delivery card for the next week. <laughs> and, and and people wonder why we tell them we should do red team testing and full scope testing. I mean, it, it, come on. Like, hey, I spent $50 million on my controls, but, uh, yep, there's dude just walking in. Well, the, the yeah, problem is spending, yeah, spending $50 million on people who actually know what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. Capture makes you if safe. If you spend $50 million, you will get a world-class system that nobody will be able to break. However, if you spend $50 million on, you know, Joe Colucci, you know, and your old gym teacher who got together and made a business, you know, uh, no, you're doomed. <laughs> well, awesome. and, and it's kind of pointless to also spend $50 million protecting, you know, a million dollars worth of assets. Right. When when your when you know. billion dollars worth of assets are, like, you know, hanging out the window. Well, you know, if you're the RIAA, you can turn that $1 million into assets into $40 million just by saying so. Yep. Right, and then in the end, you have to fire people anyway. <laughs> To fire Metallica. <laughs> so, so I, I I definitely agree. Physical security is something that, as as everybody just, focuses on going up the OSI layer into AppSec and everything else, they completely ignore the basics of security. And, and it's just due diligence. It's nothing special. It's yeah. nothing amazing. If you have a security system, use it. You know, I I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen old uh, you know camera systems with an old VHS deck that broke two years ago and hasn't recorded a damn thing since Seinfeld was running. Dude, well, Karen and or, I, Karen you know, and I were, were another, just... Another real-world case was one where I was doing an audit of an ADT system that was a combination of cameras and uh, badges. Uh-huh. And I went through and found out that no one had read the access logs in years, <laughs> and no one had, had bothered to enter people's names or information. That's awesome. Hard. After I did that, we found that there was one card that had full access that no one could account for, and no one knew who it belonged to. And uh, I, I actually set uh, I set a warning on it, and I waited for it to trip. And it tripped at the same time every day, around 2 in the afternoon. So I stayed in there one day instead of having a three-drink lunch, and uh, I stayed in. And at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the UPS guy showed up. <laughs> and he God. had the card in his back pocket. That's, that's sexy. So, yep, number 10, physical security due diligence. Uh, what about number nine, buying cheap-ass white box hardware? Buying cheap-ass white box hardware is the wrong thing to do for a number of reasons. If you're going to be a hobbyist, if you're going to sit at home and play Quake or surf porn or what have you, by all means, go down to Ching Cheng Pao's house of computers and buy a $2 NIC card with an illegal MAC address <laughs> on it and slap it into a motherboard that, you know, is written in Hungarian and put it into a, into a case that you bought off the guy on the street who threw a rock through a window yesterday. But <laughs> if you're going to be a business person and be in business, by all means, buy brand name equipment, get model numbers, get guarantees, get your warranties, get a 24-hour replacement plan. Don't expect to do serious business on a knockaround box. Now, does that also and apply for for the Dells that blow up and the batteries catch on fire? Or the Apples? Well, the, you know, my experience with Dell is that a Dell machine will either blow up the first time you plug it in or it'll run forever. Or work forever, yeah. Yeah, and, and I've, got, I've got six Dells at home right now that have been running since uh, 1997. But, but you've had 24. You know, I've, had a couple, I've had a couple blow up. I had a Dell laptop <laughs> blow up on me. Yep. 
That's but the, the thing is, is that when the Dell laptop blows up, I pick up the phone, dial an 800 number, and the next morning at 10 a.m., I've got a new machine. Exactly. You do that with a white box from Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe down the street, and they're just going to laugh at you and point the sun. Because all sales are final and get me. Yeah, take care. Well, so, like, you know, if you're going to do business, do business in the business-like manner. Yeah, and I, I think that that works into your, your number eight, which is cheaping out on support packages. Um, I, I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. a perfect lead to it. Support packages, a lot of people think, you know, oh, I don't want to pay the extra money for the maintenance on this or maintenance on that. Uh, you know, from, from both a computer and from a physical plant point of view, if your Liebert goes up the river at 2 in the morning and all of a sudden you, you, your computer room is a sauna and they're laughing at you because you don't have a support contract, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, I went to uh, on a section I did. Get uh, naked, two do weeks a podcast. Ago. I actually found <laughs> one of the best layouts I've ever seen. Uh-huh. They, they had a cupboard. You open the cupboard, and inside of there was a piece of paper with the emergency contact numbers and contract numbers for every piece of equipment in there. There you go. From the PBX to the Liebert to the security system, everything. Yeah, that's mostly and, you know, when, when we're doing DR plans and doing reviews for that, they, they that's one of the requirements that I always have is that they have that in every single one of their plans that they have the, the kind of oh shit call list. And that they can yeah. pick that up at any point in time and dial for you know dial for dollars immediately, right? And and it should be accessible and it should be to the point where anyone can use it. Yep. So if Susie's secretary will walk down the hall and she's smoke pouring out of the computer room, she can dial you know one eight hundred I am dead and get someone out there, <laughs> and, and that is his number. That's T one services number in Manhattan. One eight hundred I am dead. That's awesome. We're gonna. We'll have to call it at the end of the list. <laughs> um, so putting too much weight is number seven. Okay, seven. Yep, seven. Putting too much weight on certifications. This one I wholeheartedly agree with. I have seen so many paper tigers that if I ever went on a safari, my living room would be full for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love Recently, it. I went through. I went to a hiring company whose name will remain what it is, and uh, they actually had their HR people were scanning people, looking at their looking at their certifications. If they didn't have certifications, they never even got to interview with a tech person. What? I got to talk to one of the tech guys at, over drinks one night, and the guy said, "I don't know what's going on. I can't get anybody to apply for this job." So I went and applied for the job, and when they didn't see I had any certifications, they just they, they just shit canned my my resume. And I really? told them, you you're getting fifty to hundred resumes a day, and your HR people, you know, these are the kind of people who couldn't find clitoris in the dictionary, are looking for you know CCNE, CCNA, <laughs> YMCA, whatever, and if they don't see it, they throw your resume away. That's, that's and I've seen a lot of really good people, a lot of technically skilled people who just can't afford the extortion racket of $3,000, $4,000 a throw plus $100 here, $100 there yep. to keep a certificate that's good for less than a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even... I've seen CCNAs. I worked with oh, a CCNA. No. I'm not going to go to Cisco. Oh, no, I'm sorry, a CISSP. I worked with a CISSP who couldn't read a packet. <laughs> he could not read a trace route packet. He came to me and asked me what it looked like because he couldn't figure it out. And right in front of the boss. And they were the ones who paid for it. Now, he can tell you how many streetlights you have to have in the parking lot, but he can't read a packet from Trace Route. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. Certifications are, you know, I mean, they're a good moneymaker. In a bad economy, it's a good way to make money with very little overhead. (laughs) All you have to do is produce some piece of equipment and then charge people three times the cost of the equipment to become certified on it. And then you've got to, you're just printing your own money. and That'll get you through bad economic times. But the problem is, is too many people are from the school of ABBACABAC. They circle in the little footballs get their certification, and they can't find out which ends of the power plug makes sense. Oh, and then these are the people who are supposed to be protecting, you know, the IP of your company, right? It's like oh, my my paper tiger is going to keep us safe from the hacksaws that that are abound. Well, there's a great quote from the movie uh, The Last Boy Scout where the guy looks at Bruce Willis and says, you couldn't protect a cup of warm piss. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. All right. I watched a CCNA troubleshoot a printer for 35 minutes tearing apart a Windows registry because the Ethernet cable was unplugged. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, That's, you know, I don't know how many go. times we had people, you know, when I was working at Sprint and some of the security center people who'd be like, oh, my, my machine has been attacked with malware because I can't get to anything on the Internet. And, you know, like the network portion goes down or they are like oh, yeah. their wireless wasn't on. And I'm like, do you have it plugged in? They're like, oh, I'm on wireless. Well, I, was from, I, was in an, I was doing an interview once for a tech position, yep. and we asked the guy uh, what, what port number uh, HTTP goes across, and he said, oh, that's the internet port. <laughs> that's the port that all the internet traffic over. The internet port? I love it. It's my yeah, interweb. I hired a supervisor. My interweb hole. <laughs> all right. Number six, OS Zealotry, sales, gimmicky, shiny, and new. Yes. A lot of people right now especially will go out there and they are, they are professional salespeople and they will tell you that this new thing that you have to buy is going to be so much better than the old thing that you've been using for the last 10 years that doesn't break and works perfectly. <laughs> and a lot of people look at that and they go, oh, wow, I'll jump on that, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's like an Apple phenomenon. It's like how many people went yes. out and you know mortgaged their porn collection to get an iPhone, <laughs> and, and yep. yet it's no different than the sixty-five dollar phone you could get as long as you just you, know, you make your phone calls and that's it. I don't need to see SpongeBob on on the subway. No, 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 no. You got you got to remember, iPhones don't make phone calls. They suck at that. And then Apple will even say that like you know we're we're here yeah, for but, multiple realms of functionality, not just well, phone calls. Well, up the people who are walking around trying to use them. That's so why we made them go through a separate door. <laughs> you have to. If you know your systems well enough, and if you've maintained your systems well enough, you don't need to buy every new shiny that comes out every five minutes. Yep. Yes, have a plan, have a mitigate, have a migration plan for five years, ten years, fifteen years. Yep. But don't instantaneously sacrifice a good, stable operating network just because, you know, now the front of the, the, front of the router comes in pink instead of green. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of people will try to do that, and what will happen is a lot of sneaky, nasty little salespeople will get in front of wormy little, don't know a damn thing about IT managers, and they'll just see the sparkles light up in their eyes, and then they'll say, you know, we'll give you a free one gig thumb drive if you buy from us, and next thing you know, you're dealing with somebody else's coding problem, replacing something that's worth because because, because they made it all in India over their outsourcing agreement over the last two years, and because you know they can now make more GP on it, you have to buy it. Absolutely, it's cute. Well, and everybody, so just be, everybody knows. You know, beware! I'm not saying don't do it, but if you do it, do it sensibly. 
Yep. And don't sacrifice things that work for something that might work. And for God's sakes, don't take the word of a salesman. Talk to a sales engineer. Yep. Well, and everybody knows that if it doesn't have blinky blue lights, it's not, it's not worth it. That's right. Yeah, well, blinky, blinky yellow lights are not as good as blinky blue lights because blue is way uh, I, cool. I can tell you a story about that. Years and years ago when I worked in broadcast TV, we had this guy who thought he was the greatest He was the greatest guy in the world. He would shoot commercials. He could sell ice to Eskimos, so on and so on. And he was trying to rewire one of the edit bays. And I, there's, a, there's a spool of green wire there. And I picked it up and walked off with it. And he's like, what's that? And I said, oh, this is green solder. What's green solder? And I said, well, green solder <laughs> is stuff you use uh, to make sure that you don't lose sink. You have to, you know, if you're not using green solder, you'll drop sink when you're using the house sink distribution. And this is just regular wire with a green jacket on. <laughs> and he was like, oh, wow. Hey, can I have that? Because I'm doing some work on the, on the edit booth. And I said, sure. And I handed it to him. Now, me and the other engineers, we had a good laugh about this up until about two weeks later when he went to the general <laughs> manager and asked him and showed him, hey, you see this? I'm using green solder. Green solder is what we need. You know, no. we need I'm glad, aren't you glad I'm using green solder so that, you know, my commercials look better because we don't have sink drop? And the general manager was a former engineer who decided he wanted to make money. And he just looked at the guy and laughed his ass off. And he's like, which one of the engineers put you up to this? And when he found out what happened, the guy was no longer allowed to do any kind of engineering work or rewire an edit bay. Would it, would it be nice if that actually worked in security? Like, like, hey, you're supposed to do a pen test, and somebody shows you a VA scan, and they just kick them out? <laughs> uh, I actually had, I had an instance where a person asked me to look at a web app he had written, and he said that he'd already had a security run done against it. Right. And what happened was a programmer from the programming group ran a copy of Nick2 against it oh, and handed it over and said the security audit was done. <laughs> They That's didn't awesome. even try to attack the box. Really? I, 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 went, I went after the box at a low level, and uh, guess what I found? What's that? I found a port open on the box. The the internet 31337. port? 337. <laughs> no! Oh. It had BO on it? And, no, it did not have BO on it, but for <laughs> some reason that port was open. <laughs> oh, come on. I wish I could make this up. <laughs> I know, was, so do I. It was BO2K. I wish I was <laughs> making it up. Luckily, uh, that, that, that problem got nipped in the bud. Nice. All right, let's go on. Number Next five. one. Number five. five. Disaster planning, data, hardware, and people. Yes. Disaster planning was a big selling point after 9-11, and everyone was running around charging millions of dollars for disaster preparedness, disaster readiness. And, and because like of that, shit. a backlash happened. And people stopped buying it because they thought it was all hype. And then you end up in a worse situation where you've got your management thinking, we don't need it, and your engineers saying, we damn well do need it. And then something bad happens, and everyone's pointing at each other, and they're wondering what's going on. It, it gets down to something very simple as having what I call red envelopes. Yep. A red envelope is when you keep a And it's not just a, a shitty password. softcore porn movie. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you keep that around because just in case the person who is responsible for something gets you know, hit by a bus. You, I, I've seen situations where there, mm. there are entire systems, entire networks, where one person <clears throat> has the master, master words for it, and he gets hit by a bus, so, or he gets in a car accident, 
and something needs to get done and nobody can do anything because no one has the password. I, I I have a perfect story for that. Like I actually have the pleasure and not pleasure of being able to say that I was on an engagement where I told them about that and I told them that you have some single point failures in DR because you don't have any of it logged. And it was at a hospital. In this particular hospital, the IT department, which was two people, sat in a room with the PAX server that had all of their X-ray stuff and their their general AX400 that had all of the patient information on the floor. Now, above where the servers were was a window that was always open, and then outside of where that was was a helipad. Now, it actually happened that the helicopter crashed on the helipad, killing the two people in the IT department and the servers at the same time, and they called us asking for help. I was just like, uh, I don't know, put your head between your legs and kiss your ass because you're done. Your <laughs> That's it. It's over. You have no fucking yep. chance at coming back. I've seen, I've seen disasters as simple as, you know, I've seen people have beautiful IT rooms, everything set up beautifully, and then the building catches on fire. <laughs> I, I've, seen, I've seen things like uh, electrical storms, or one how good one that happened to me. Uh, I was doing a, I was working for a company and I was in charge of their PBX. Right. Because uh, they laid off about 100 people, so I, they put me to work on the PBX. So I ran a serial line from the PBX to the computer on my desk. And I was able to, it was an OVIA, and I was able to program it and work with it without having to get up and go into the switch room every five minutes. Well, they hired this guy who I lovingly called Crazy Ivan, which was <laughs> this Russian guy who spoke about four words of English. Uh, I think you'll have to say, I defect and more beer. And he was an electrician. And he went in and fouled up the wiring. He had a floating ground in one of the panels. And it caused a rather nasty short that ended up in my outlet. The outlet fried my machine, fried my computer so badly that the power surge went through the computer down the serial line and toasted the PBS. That's ridiculous. That, that, I mean, that, had, <sighs> here's, the, here's the beauty of it. The PBX stored all of its information. Uh, you know the Avaya's? The Avaya, uh, right. They it stored it on a PCMCIA card. Yep. About six months earlier, I had fought with them to, to spend the 150 bucks for an extra PCMCIA card. No, I kept can't the do backup that. of the entire configuration in a safe deposit box along with the red envelopes and everything else for the company. They... Uh, they, they ordered up a replacement PBX, dropped it in place. I went to the vault, got the peep, got the card, shoved the card in, turned it on, and we were back in business the next day. <laughs> no one in that company from that point on ever questioned me when I talked about disaster preparedness. Well, you know, that's the typical scenario, right? Like, it has to blow up and screw up before anybody really does anything. Now, what you have to do is you have to listen to people like us first well, before it blows up. If you listen to people like us, then you'll have the preparations taken so when things do blow up, when somebody gets hit by a car, when a meteor falls through there, when sh- like wake, and all, all hell breaks loose on your network, you've got something in place. You already have a plan in place. You have your spare parts. You have your backup. You have your, your, your spare people. And you, you know, in, in extreme cases, you have an off-site backup location or a yep. hot location. And I, I think that that leads right to that intranet design that you were talking about for number four. So some of the need to know and access control in the intranet design. 
Absolutely. Intellectual property, people cry and whine about how it gets stolen all the time, and yet they have flat networks. <laughs> have absolute flat networks where everyone, you just plug in, DHCP gives you an address, and you go hack away. And it's stupid to do that. It's stupid on a very fundamental level. Maybe back in the early days of the internet, back when we were still using, you know, vacuum tubes, you had an excuse to have a flat network and to have 10, 100 hubs everywhere. But we're in the world of switches and VLANs now. You know, you can make a VLAN and, and you know, you can make the traffic say, go from here to here only. You cannot go from here to there. And, you know, if you're smart, if you have Windows users, you make a Windows VLAN. And no one, you know, if, if something goes wrong on the Windows side, someone clicks on the dancing Pamela Anderson, and all of a sudden you've got Conflicker in there, you just shut down that VLAN and the rest of your company operates normally. Damn because right. if you're smart, the rest of your company doesn't run on Windows. Yep. <laughs> Intelligent network design will save your butt more often than not. Having redundant lines, or you know, even having darknet sometimes. One thing I always do, always, 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 when we install a backup solution, I run an out-of-band second set of Ethernet cables, and I don't run the backups over the same Ethernet that everyone's normal traffic goes over. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's in, cheap in to even get a second NIC card and a second switch, and it keeps the traffic off of there. Plus, it's out of band. Well, and it's better so for performance as well. Really oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the, for the performance, yeah. you can do a backup or restore in the middle of the day, and no one's going to notice. Yep. Yep. And they can diligently sit there and surf YouTube all day long, what they normally do, instead of doing their jobs without any interruption. Well, yeah, either that, or if you want to get really, you know, it, more more expensive but faster about it, you can even have just a fiber channel card, so you're not worrying about dual homing the thing, and you can put hey, it back into a sand. If you got the money, if you got the money, God bless you. Yep. You know, throw yep. fiber around like it was Easter. Hail I, God. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the, Hail the glass. The idea is. The idea is is to have an intelligent network design, not just a good one, but an intelligent one. Right, right. And, you know, and don't you know if you're going if you need to expand, expand. Don't start throwing. I mean, I've seen I've seen gigabit switches plugged into ten one hundred hubs. All all over the place. <laughs> I've seen it in yeah, our building, and, and it's like, and you wonder what's wrong. It was like back in the early days of XP when you installed XP and XP by default would throw in every single protocol known to humankind into your stack. And, and, you know, you were having Banyan Vines packets going across and, and, and you, for no good reason. I mean, I would go into an NT environment, and I would go, I'm sorry, NT or XP environment, and just go through and turn off all the unused and, protocols. And see all the IPS, XPX. <laughs> all the Novell traffic. The Novell traffic. Novell. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere. I remember when I was working at a law firm, uh, we were changing over everything in Cisco. And at the time, Cisco did not support, even though they said they did, they did not support uh, all of the different types of Novell traffic. Like so the IPX we were be, and the SPX and all that. Yeah. So so we'd be authing to Novell servers using Windows Auth to like Novell 5. And the thing would just explode because the switch would keep pushing it off because it didn't know how to transfer that traffic. Um, yeah. All right. Cisco also, a lot of Cisco gear doesn't uh, doesn't honor some old, old, old protocol stuff, too. Like the old National Network Override Protocol. <laughs> a lot of Cisco gear doesn't know what the hell to do with it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, number three, internet design. Right, you, you, mean, you mean people don't protect their perimeter right? 
Absolutely not. <laughs> Shot, uh, I'm, I'm doing my surprise face. You can't see it. I had an engagement last week with a company that was scared to death over Conflicker. Yeah. And they're like, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? I'm like, shut 445 at the border. No inbound 445. What else? Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. What? But it's like, we're, we're seeing all these, and, and I said, yeah, watch. And I pulled up their firewall log, and I showed them. This is all the incoming 445 traffic that Conflict are trying to, to, to replicate. But the, the firewall's dropping it, yeah. So what do we do? I said, go home, have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm like, wow. And it's like, you know, everyone will spend all this time on their internet design. They won't pay attention to their intranet design. Right. You know, it's like you can, you can make simple little changes to your network that are subtle. Instead of going out and buying, you know, antivirus 2001, and we know what that does. Uh, you know, it's like little subtle things you can do, like making sure people are, you know, making sure your users are educated, make sure your network is designed in such a way that you can react. You can be, you know, proactive instead of reactive. Yep. Or, you, a good you know, design is just as important as good security. Well, doing things like actually using and ingress and egress filters. Like, yes, egress filtering will allow you to flip off and go, hey, something bad is on the way out. Yep. And, you know, a lot of times one of the cheapest things you can do that's really effective, and I've proven this time and again, is user education. You take five minutes and you explain to these people that CNN is lying to them. You know, it's like, you know, no, there is no such thing as a free iPod. There is no such thing as pick on the dancing bear and help save children with cancer in outer Zimbabwe. I, I promise you will crap. punch the monkey. <laughs> so many you, mean, you mean Johnny Long isn't saving kids like in Zimbabwe? The, the, one, the <laughs> one thing I use as an example every time is here. I bring a bunch of junk mail into people and throw it on the ground and show it to them. And I said, how many people really think Ed McMahon is showing at your front door with a million dollar check? And they laugh. Right. And I'm like, what about this? You know, free free carpet cleaning when you buy 200 yards of vinyl siding or whatever. And they laugh. And I'm like, well, if you think this is funny and you know better than to look at this, how is it that when you get the same crap in email, you listen, you, you actually pay attention to it? Right, right. Do, do and they all are like, oh, my gosh, wow, I didn't realize uh, that. Columbus discovered America. <laughs> and, you know, next thing you know, your users are a little, little more educated. It can be just something as simple as an email you put out once a week saying, hey, you know, Conflicker is coming out. Here's how it's coming in. Here's a vector. Don't go to movies.free.download.ru because, you know, just don't go to anything.ru ever. Well, you know, I can't say that because mailorderbrides.ru, you know, I'd be single <laughs> if it wasn't for them. Wow. All right. <laughs> Backups. So, so, so mail order brides leads definitely to backup. Um, not, so, not, <laughs> I'm not sure how number two. Well, you, you, have to, you have to keep two or three of them around because what happens is that each one, you know, as they get their green card, they leave you and run away. So you have to have two or three in your Whereas the amazing racist comes in and drives them back to INS. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, better me than the Migra. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that a speed bump? <laughs> All right. So, so, so the backups. Uh, uh, listen. Uh, my my first comment on this one is the same thing that I sold to I, I told the semantic when we were out to dinner one night 
after they bought Veritas is thank you very much for making Veritas because it has allowed me to root just about every client I've ever worked at. Um, <laughs> because I don't know how many times I see I see port ten thousand open and I'm like, oh yeah, you're gonna get it now. <laughs> well, you know, backups. That's one of the things. Uh, you know, it goes along with due diligence with backup. Because uh, I had someone actually, I had a client actually seriously tell me, "Well, we'll have Iron Mountain come and hold our backup tape," and I about fell out of my chair laughing. <laughs> <laughs> because I know we all remember how Iron Mountain lost a creative tape not too long ago. Yeah, what, what was it, Citibank? Yeah. <laughs> they backups did Citibank too, didn't they? Yeah. But securing, securing your backups are just as important. Yep. Whether that means file encryption, whether that means you know entire hard disk encryption, whether it means putting it under your bed next to the Playboy you stuck from your dad in 1979, whatever. But just make sure that not only do you make backups, but you protect them accordingly. Right. And you don't let just anybody have access to them. But a lot of people don't even believe in backups. A lot, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a client site and the, you know, I ask, where do you keep your backups? I've seen servers fail. I, I, I watched a mail server fail. And I, they were like trying to patch it back together with duct tape and, 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 and chewing gum. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Why don't you take your, you build a new Use machine, backup. take your backup and re-image. And they're like, back up? Back up? Well, we backed it up. Well, when did we back it up? I don't know. (laughs) And they they didn't even have a backup. Three years, their best backup was three years old. Well, Well, you you remember the Larry's job that we were working on. We were like, hey, everything is compromised. You can use your backups. And they're like, "Uh, we're just going to build something uh, new. (laughs) 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 Like, why? Executive decision. Because. Back up next time. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, that one of the one of the same clients in that that same exercise actually used they had PCI data, all their credit cards. I was doing an initial PCI assessment, so it was kind of the test before they get audited by one of the paper tigers. Um, oh, no. And and I found Rah. I found where all of their their backups were, and it was in a file cabinet, like unlocked, like regular like Han file cabinet. That was in the office where all their admins were, and there were just tapes just like strewn about in this thing. And they were like, "Oh, we got a process. We like take the tape out and throw it in this drawer." Well, and, and, and Chris, Chris, and I were on a job doing a doing an assessment, one of those like you know huge huge scope assessments to like oh. check everything. And we're doing the interviews with this guy who's the CSO, and, and I'm asking him I'm like, "So, so where do you keep your backups?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, we've got them here, here, here." And I'm like, "Okay, so where do you keep them off site?" And he goes, oh, we keep them offsite. We have an offsite place. I'm like, oh, like Iron Mountain. He goes, well, not exactly. <laughs> I'm like, well, where is it? He goes, it's in. You know, there's a shoebox in John's closet at his house. His house. We just keep them there. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like, really? Thanks, John. Just, just a shoebox? He's like, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's it's no big deal. Uh, his house his house is safe. I'm like, oops. <laughs> you're in California. You guys have fires like all the time. Earthquakes, <laughs> fires, earthquakes, riot. Where <laughs> yeah. does John live? Yeah. California. Uh, you, want, you want to try to explain to your shareholders that because you know a couple of cops beat up a guy at a credit at a uh, traffic stop <laughs> and they burned the neighborhood to the ground and your house was in that neighborhood that that's why you don't have any backup. <laughs> that's why we're out of no. business. <laughs> yeah, the other the other, yeah, the other thing exactly. to keep in mind with backups, of course, is like you know it's great if you have them. Um, you should probably try actually restoring from every now and then yeah, too. Or try it. Oh, Does it actually work? Uh, I don't know how many. I don't that's, know. That's what it really comes down to. Yeah, I don't know how many times we've we've gone through and 
gone through, you know, they have, oh, yeah, we back everything up. We use Veritas. It does it automatically. And there's little green elves who transport our data to Iron Mountain. And it's really fantastic. And they put it in these little cool boxes. And they a pawn shop in New Jersey. Exactly. Exactly. The, the, the cool boxes from Iron Mountain with, like, the three-pin locks. That, yeah. That, 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 like, you, you okay. rake once and, and the thing just pops open. cases with no locks on them. Yeah, yeah. I was being nice and saying all the cases had locks, but that's, that's the, the, true. The big, red, the big red, please steal me box. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen guys that deliver those things actually leave them sitting in the hallway, you know, while they go and collect from somewhere else. Well, yeah, because they're doing other things. Duh. Yeah, they're busy. <laughs> they're busy. Something evil, like I don't know, take the empty red box that you stole two weeks ago and swap it out for one of the ones that's full. <laughs> and then just take the full box home and read all the DLT case center in it and have a field day. Not that I would ever do something like that without a disclosure letter, but you know. Yeah, without without being under contract and somebody paying me, but seriously, <laughs> this is part of full scope testing. You have to get a refill somehow. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like, it's like a lot of places that they go and do their testing, they go, okay, well, can we have your root password? And can you leave this door unlocked? And I'm like, well, what kind of test is this? Yeah. Oh, I had, I had a client. Why, 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 why don't I just, you know, here, I'll look at, this is me dropping the soap. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Come get it. Yeah, I, I, dude, I just, <laughs> I just literally had a pen test conversation where at the end of my pen test conversation, they, they asked, I mean, like, okay, well, do you, you know, need admin access to the servers? And I looked at them and I'm like, it's a pen test. Like, I, I should find that myself. And they're like, well, I mean, all of our others need, that access and I'm like well then they're obviously not doing a pen test because hey look at I hacked their server how well you gave well, me you know, the admin those, password MCSE pen testers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright patching and updates from pen testing number uh, one this and is number one number and, one. and unequivocally it is number, number one. one the reason why that is number one on my list is because no matter where I go no matter where I've done no matter what contract it is that is the one thing that has 100% never done. Never. I have never had a client in the entire time I've been doing this business that has been fully and properly patched and kept up to date. Uh, never. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all with you. I mean, we do this just like you. We do it every single week. and We do multiple jobs a week. And everybody, you know, at, when we're doing it, Lars, when we're doing it all over the place, it's like this is the number one thing. All, all the way across the board. Uh, Dude, also, look at Conficker. It's going to save your ass. No, well, it's it's, easy. it's, the, it's the cheapest, it's the cheapest and, easiest and you know, thing to do. Some yep. of the dumbest excuses. The dumbest excuses in the world. I had a guy tell me with a straight face he didn't want to patch his machine because it would crash. <sighs> you know, do you think, do you think people would... Seriously, do you think people would do it if instead of, like, click here to update sick patches or whatever if they if it just said click here to not get hacked or like click here to not lose money click here to be compliant <laughs> i know right like what the hell does it take <laughs> no and, and you know the is, there is honestly if we if, if anyone ever did that it would put people like us out of business so let's not do that well there, there is one there is one <laughs> spot talking, talking we can still about, walk in and steal shit talking of patches and compliance <laughs> there's one spot that drives me nuts and it's it's when Hospitals and healthcare, healthcare industry in general. Oh, you and I have no, done these I, assessments. I, I know where We're you're like, going. I know where you're going. Well, why are you missing the last four years of pack? Like, this is a Windows 2000 server, Service Pack 1. <laughs> what, what's up uh, with that? Well, the vendor doesn't support yep. anything past that. 
Okay. Get a new vendor. Yeah, <laughs> right. tell them to fix well, that shit. But, but then you're like, well, Fire the, them. well, then you're not HIPAA compliant. Well, the vendor says that's HIPAA compliant. Okay, the, no. Well, they're wrong. No, you're wrong. You can't be HIPAA compliant <laughs> and be running on a dead OS. Well, remember what I, what I said earlier, one of my other points was the new and shiny. I have seen plenty of salespeople who don't, they think HIPAA is something that you see in the zoo. Bless you. Right? Oh, yeah, it's HIPPO compliant. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's completely, I had a guy call it HIPPO compliant. They, they also think it's spelled with two Ps. was talking about. Oh, man. You know, you, you really need to make sure if you're going to be in one of these industries or if you're going to go with socks or, you know, something like that, that you actually find some people that know what the hell they're doing to make sure that you are compliant. Right. And no, if you're running a Windows 2000 server that hasn't been patched since Duke Nukem Multiplayer came out, then no, I doubt seriously that you're compliant. <laughs> They'll patch it when Duke Nukem 3D comes out. Yeah. <laughs> on, on Xbox 362. Right <laughs> and the thing is, patching doesn't cost a whole lot of money. It's like, oh, it takes all this time and all this effort. And I'm like, crap. You know, I, 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 the easiest way to get people to patch, really, and, and it's worked for me on several occasions, is pizza. Yep. Pizza patching works. Every Friday, every Friday you order pizza and, and you say, hey, we're having a patch party. <laughs> you come to me with you know, proof that you've patched and updated your machine and you get free pizza. This isn't like a non-smoking, gotta stop smoking thing, right? <laughs> well, different kind of Different kind of patch. <laughs> Yeah, everybody gets free Nicorette every Friday. Free gum. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to do something. I mean, be creative, but just make sure it gets done because it's 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 economical. It's going to save your butt. And the one time out of a thousand that you get a patch that that crashes your machine, okay, that's why you test the patch before you deploy it. Well, God help me for saying something good about Windows, but I mean, Active Directory is great for that. Yeah. Well, and I haven't. I make haven't sure you heard. Can push, you, can, you can push things out. It's been a fair you amount of time. It, it, it goes okay. You push it out. You're done. Yep. It's it's been a fair amount of time since a Windows patch has actually caused massive crashes. Right, and it a lot really of times has. when they do crash, it's because of crap hardware or or, or shit or shit coded applications or shit or shit configuration well, designs. Well, Windows, every application is shit coded. Okay, we're really shit coding. We're like they actually don't can, pay any can attention. Can you name one one piece one piece of code for Windows that isn't shit coded? Um, does Metasploit count? Well, <laughs> is that is that technically native to Windows? <laughs> I just say Windows. Everyone knows broken source is about as accurate as you know me and a fifth of vodka. But I've, I've been I've been or, playing around or with a bottle of Makers at LAX. Oh, <laughs> I, I said or a bottle of Makers at LAX. Oh, now, now, that's so fair. <laughs> the model makers at LAX came with a very nice, attractive pouring device. Hey, I did everything that I could that night. Yes, you did, including it was, the pouring device. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was all social engineering from there on out, baby. <laughs> Maybe that's I what you need to do. I still have those hand stamps from the guys that kept telling me that, that, that not to be upset because the guy shoved me off the stairs. I don't know what the deal with that was. They, they, that guy shoved you around here. Have a hand stamp. I'm like, oh wow, what does it get me? Mm. <laughs> Neat. Here's the sticker. Fuck off. Does it give me the attractive <laughs> pouring device? Yeah, there you go. All that right. Was, that was definitely what, that was what one one interesting uh, moment in time. Well, I. Uh, Dude, I, I definitely agree. I think that your top ten list, if anybody has sat and wrote that down, 
would significantly change the level of compliance and the level of security of any company that I go into Absolutely. on a regular basis. I, I 100% agree with you. So, this is why I'm in the business. That, that's, that's why we love you, and that's why we look up to you. So, dude, th- thank you so much for all of your time and, and spending time tonight and waiting for us to go to the store and buy a bottle of Maker's Mark and come back and give you a call. Um, I'll, I'll wait for mine to show up in the mail. It, it, it will show up in the M-A-L-E, of course. Oh, oh, oh there you go. <laughs> well, come on, you're in. Next time, next time we're all down at the swim club, I'll buy you a round of drinks. <laughs> I'll buy you a pizza. Well, we're, we're, sent, we're, we're already sending Luke, so there you go. <laughs> we're gonna set up a special. We're gonna set up a special part of the site that's called <laughs> Dollars for Dances, and have a little animated GIF of him where you can pay a dollar and put it in his gar- his e garter. Oh wow! <laughs> and then we're gonna I have him on the show. Best of this year. Oh, trust me, it'll probably be more than that. Well, dude, th- th- thank you again for joining us. We really, really appreciate it, brother. No problem. Enjoy. All right. All right, man. Thank you. Take, we'll take care. care. All right. That's well, awesome. I-, I think, uh, how do you top Delchi? You- uh, I think you just closed the show after that. There's really nothing you can say. Yeah. I mean, I- I- you know, I- one thing that-, that I can say is that most of the people that we try and have on – and, and most of the people that we talk about this on a regular basis all have, as you can hear, kind of the general same philosophy. Um, we've, we've all been in this industry for a real long time. We've been beating the same doors. We've been telling people the same things. And, and we're hoping that, you know, podcasts like this and some of the concerns that all of you have that you're writing on the blogs and that, and that you're putting out to us, I hope, I hope that that helps get the message out there a little bit stronger. So it's not going to be your general RSA, here's what you should do because people 10 years ago said this and we think it's cool right now, or what's hot in cloud security or what's neat in AppSec or whatever the cool buzzword is that sells millions of dollars worth of hardware. We want everybody to get down to the roots. What, what we're in this business for is to secure companies, to secure data, to make it that at the end of the day, my mother doesn't get hacked. I mean, that's why I'm here. Um, I want those types of things to happen. I think all of us need to be able to listen to these types of things and actually gain some of the knowledge that's going on and put that into play instead of just making it like a haphazard whatever. I just want to be compliant. I don't, I don't want your mom to get hacked either. I don't want Aw, but I do. <laughs> You're fired. So. Oh. All right. So that being said, I think we're going to move on to the next cast. Uh, everyone out there in La La Podcast Land, enjoy your Macs. Have fun getting exploited and implement some of the things that you heard. Bye. See ya.